Hi everyone, welcome to the Blue Sky Podcast, Two Pints of Lager and a Spreadsheet. I'm Dave Gibson, I'm here with John Dudgeon. Today our special guest, second time around, is XR Therapeutics CEO, Billy Weather. On this week's episode, we'll be learning the Angel VC dance. Why shy burns don't waste their time. And if plan A isn't working, do plan A better. Just to set the scene, everybody. So this is the second podcast that we're doing with Billy. So if you go back to episode 22 at the beginning of the year, we'll hear a lot about building a team from the ground up. We'll hear a lot about the need for resilience in startup land and how how difficult it is. You'll hear about why it's important to stop and smell the roses. You'll hear something about Newcastle United and Eddie Howe. And if you want to listen to all the detail of that, go back and listen to episode 22. What we want to do is kind of look forward a little bit since then. And um, we know there's been quite a bit of war under the bridge with uh, XR Therapeutics, Billy. So do you want to kind of lead into uh, what's been happening over the last few months? Yeah, so we decided to really push forward with a with a sort of fund and raise um, to take us to the next level. Um, we're sort of at that stage where, you know, we'd had a, two years worth of building the product, um, building the team, um, getting some traction, um, and then, but at the stage where all of our little legs running really, really fast, doing lots and lots of things. Um, so from my point of view, it was right, what do we want to do as a company? So we want to accelerate growth. Um, I don't want to burn the team out. Um, got a great team, I want everybody to stay. Um, and in order to execute our plans for growth we needed that cash investment so we decided on that journey a few months ago um with the initial thought of um our existing vc backing us again which is great they are taking on another vc and um, potentially getting some angel investors um but that's not quite how it's played out no, um, you know, from our own experiences and from from other conversations, uh, um, money is more difficult and more expensive to get hold of uh, these days. So, um, how did you kind of roll your sleeves up and go about this, Billy? So, I, I knew, so I'd heard that, and I knew that it's a funny one because it's like a mindset thing, isn't it? So, when people say that to me, I think money's difficult as this, right? Watch me go get it. Is my is my mindset? But I didn't ignore it. So, what I thought was well if we're approaching other vcs i'm going to be really honest and upfront with them straight away so i'm going to say to them this is where we're at this is the traction we've got if you need us to be further along we're not so like you know let's just have an honest conversation and if you need us to be further along um then we'll just stop the conversation there um so i did that in the early stages spoke to spoke to various ones I thought the the thing that sort of, even though I was that blunt and honest up front, I still had to go through the dance with quite a few, and the no came back to the there's not enough traction. <laughs> it's like I did tell you that up front straight away, so we could have saved ourselves a lot of time and just stopped the conversation there. Um, and I think for anybody going through it, 
you need to take a big inhale of breath because of the amount of work that's involved. And I think I definitely underestimated that. So, you know, you put, you, you put together your new five-year plan and five years worth of finances, um, which changes from week to week because the business changes. So you put version one together and then it's changing. You speak in the VCs, you know, they'll come back with so many questions about that. And you go back, then they speak to their committees internally and they come back with another load of questions. Um, then you, they get you on another call, then another call, and then they go, it's not for us. You're like, right, okay. And then you start the journey again. Um, so I, I did that with sort of tens of VCs, which I was quite reassured by having been at an event uh, where lots of spin-outs were invited to an event in London. And um, I spoke to another spin-out from Newcastle University who had just finished their funding round. And I said, did you manage to get another VC? He said, did. I said, how many did you pitch to? He said, 126. I was like, oh my, I said, bury me now, bury me now. If I've got to speak to 126 VCs and go through that whole process, I just, and I think that was a change in mindset for me when I heard that as well. I mean, do I want to go down that journey and maybe get one in the end? Or do I want to go to back to the business angel route? And that's what I decided on. Billy, you talked about the dance with, with the VC. What is that sort of, what does it look like? Like what, 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 what's the kind of process you're going, th going through um, at that point? And, and then the other thing is, the thing I find is I'll spend a lot of time with founders and I'll be one version of myself as an accountant. And yeah. then I'll go into a VC situation. Suddenly there's suits, there's crisp white shirts, there's, there's a scene out of Dragon's Den playing out yeah. in front of us. Is that your um, experience as a founder? Like, how do how do you yeah. sort of adapt from one to the other? It does. It feels like it feels like that, and like a new expression. Yeah. Right. So, so emotionless. Yeah. This is time. Obviously, for VCs, I'm sure some of you have got some emotion. <laughs> I don't know if they've got the VC school. You know, where they put them in, and they're like straighten their smiles down. You know, and all that kind of stuff. But you, you know, so the dance tends to be like a, you know, you do a presentation to them, tell them all about it, and that's that's the initial thing, and then they go right, okay, might be interested, send me your business plan, all that kind of stuff, and then that's when they come back with a ream of questions, and you're like, right, okay, fair enough, you're digging into it, got to go back with all of that, um, then they get you on another call because you go back with your answers, we need to clarify this. So you spend another hour going through all of that uh, and then they go away again and then another ream of questions comes and then you respond to that and then let's jump on a call and let's clarify all of that again as well. So that's that's one process. Some of them it is you do that initial presentation then you just don't hear from them because that's not that's not for them and that that's fair enough. Um, but at any point it's not a you, you've got no idea what's going on or what they think so there's you know at, at any point this could just be a, an email going yeah it's not for us but you're still going through all the work which is a they're different all they're, all, they're all good poker players yeah yeah it's like 
you just it, it's a foot yeah and I've, I've never i've never had that it's been different with working with sort of north star in our area that's that's been a different feeling and and you know they've been much more supportive and you got a better feeling from them early on but all of the ones put a lot out of the region lots in manchester lots in london some overseas and it's a similar it's a similar thing you know they all want you further along than you are um and i'm sure when we're further along they'll want us further along than that um but on the other side of things what i found really refreshing about speaking with business angels is they go on a gut instinct and they tell you straight away so you have a conversation with them and they'll go yeah it's not for me that that's not for me and it could be that they don't know enough about the industry you know they, they don't like the sector you're in um or they just don't think it's a, a go and that's fine but they tell you straight away if they do like it you have a conversation like this and they go yeah i like it they'll tell you they'll not they'll not be about it. they'll go yeah i like the look of this can i come in and see you and then make a decision after that and that's been the process with every single one been no different so they've gone no not for me or yeah actually i am interested can i come in and see you but the decision making process has been so much quicker hunting out vcs is um relatively easy if you can drive google um I suppose but um hunting out angels may be a little bit more difficult how do you go about trying to find the right kind of people to fit in with yeah so that's the thing is so it's like it's you've got to put yourself out there and try and speak at events get you get yourself noticed and tell them that you're looking actively so i think the key with that is is not being shy about saying we're raising what you're looking for and telling them what your minimum ticket price is don't really need to waste anybody's time from that point of view so you know this is odd. So it's like saying, this is what we've done. This is what we're going to do. But to get there, we need money. We're looking for angel investment. Um, we're looking for this type of people to come on board. And this is this is the minimum ticket value. Come and get into us. So that's one thing. The other thing is you're using your network. So using your existing investors to push to other people that they know, know including your VC. Going out to your network, going to all the people that you know who might know some wealthy individuals going do you know anybody um i can send you the deck to send out to them if, if you know of anybody that's interested so you push it out as wide as you can using your network but using the people who have already got involved to push it out as well and then alongside doing doing things as well i've got to say i was um the university put on an event they'll really appreciate us saying this um and I was very skeptical of it, but it's turned out to be pretty good. So they got a lot of the angels in a room for all the university spin outs and they invited us along to present. And it's in the spirit of honesty, I walked in and the first three people I saw was from North Star. And I thought, oh, what's the point of this? This is people who know everything we do and are already committed to us. Um, and then I noticed another four or five people that I knew in the room as well. I was like, oh. But then there was three or four that I didn't. And that's transpired of one or two angels that we've got from that as well. Um, so that that's helped in this round as well. 
I, I think it is. It's so difficult as well, isn't it? When you, I, I saw you um, pitch at the um, the Think Digital startup comp. Yeah. And I've so, I've sort of it. You know, I, I kind of know know you guys. I know I knew a, a couple of other um, of the teams up there pretty uh, pretty well. So you know, I'm kind of already emotionally attached to what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but having seen, you know, 10, 12 pitches in such close succession. I kind of got the end of it and I was like, you know, I just didn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't sort of differentiate one from the other. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was, it was literally, it was the emotion and that sort of understanding of, 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 of one product. And, and, you know, that's why I voted for you. Yeah. So it's, but it is, it's just, so what's, what's the, what kind of things are you, are you going through and what, what are you trying to pull on when you're going through those conversations just to, to, to resonate with, with the angel and, uh, and to leave, leave that sort of lasting yeah i think from my point of view so the feedback i've been getting from angels is the passions coming across for what we do yeah um and i and i so i I heard that early on so before i even started on this journey i remember speaking to vcs and when we previous job and they're saying if you can't show passion for what you do why on earth should we um and it's not it's not put on, it's it's how I feel about it. But coming across and telling the journey of what you've done and but don't like not sugarcoating it. So like if you go, oh, it's been brilliant, we've done this, we've done this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, they go, well, that's that that just doesn't happen, does it? Right? Like you've you've had loads of issues and problems and and that kind of stuff. So we're explaining what we've had and then how we've overcome it how we've had the dips the knockbacks and then we've adapted switched changed so that i think what i'm trying to get across to them is that we're not stuck in our ways yeah so we're open to adapt and change what we do if there is a better opportunity to get traction in a different area and that we've got unbelievable passion and that we've built a really strong team Mm -hmm. so so that they they think Right, I believe in this person that's speaking me to lead this business. Um, I always have somebody else from the team there as well, so that they say it's not just me, and that there's some better people than me there. Um, and they, they just have that faith. They go, actually, we feel like these can do it. I think yeah. that's that's that that that's the case. I think if as an angel who have done really well, they have been and done that themselves, and it. it if they kind of say that, I think you've got no chance. Yeah, they can. I think they can smell the bullshit. That, that, that's yeah, straight away. Um, and having gone through and, and and understood it and and felt it, they've got the empathy. I think as well, you know, for kind of for the for the founder and for the journey that they that they're going through. And the thing that probably got them through it is that belief, that vision, and that sort of passion and purpose yeah. for for what for what they were doing. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the that, that's the other difference as well. And again, to, not to I've got all the VCs out there. But yeah. the, the difference between the VCs and the angels from my conversations are VCs pick holes and go silent. Angels pick holes and offer a solution. So I've I've had loads of great feedback from all the conversations where they've gone, actually, not quite sure whether that's right going down that path because of what we did, and you're going to come across this problem and that problem. However, this could be a way to do it. Whereas the VCs go, well, that that's not going to work. 
and then that silence. You know, so they pick the holes in and go, right, you fill the gap with what you're going to do. Now I've picked the hole. Um, do you think that's, I mean, an angel generally is kind of scaled something. Do you think it's because yeah. the VCs are, you know, ex-accountants, ex-bankers, ex-lawyers, ex, you know, what, what, whatever? Do you think that's kind of the, the difference yeah. that, that's knocking around? Yeah, I think so. I th- they've been through that journey and I think they can recognise the stage that you're at from a personal point of view and how hard it is. So I think one of the differences is they've acknowledged that actually we've done well to have started in the middle of COVID and still be going, you know, two years in, you know, some hairy moments, but we've kept going um, and we've managed to get some traction and we're, we're trying to take it to the next day. So I think, but they, but they recognise it from their own personal experiences. Right. Rather than, like you say, I think from the VC point of view, of they've been part of it, as in maybe sat on a board or whatever it is, but it's it's not them doing it and it's not them looking at the bank account and, you know, shall we hire somebody, should we not, all that kind of stuff. Aye. I, th- I think as well, um, you know, I know the guys at North Star really well and I get that feeling of empathy. Yes, uh, and 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 help you know f- from f- from the team up there, and you know who knows maybe they're off raising funds or doing whatever they're doing, so they probably kind of have a have a feel for what it is you guys are doing as well. So um, yeah, there's kind of two two sides to it. Who knows? Definitely. Yeah, I think North North Star have been really good to be honest. They are, and and they do show that empathy, and they've got a real understanding of the region and really supportive of the region, which is a bit... Uh, so when we first... I might have said this on the first podcast, but when we first raised, I spoke to a few people who had no taken North Star's money. So before we, I asked them what they were, were like, and they said, yeah, they're good. They're good. They'll be supportive. Um, they'll let you get on with it, but they'll be really supportive. Um, and they won't push you down a direction that is on their agenda. Um, so and 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 that's exactly how they've been. Um, always had a good reputation as well pre-investment of of being helpful. Where um, and this is a generalisation. Maybe some of the VCs are not, and it's like, yeah, yeah, well, you, you're not right for us. Go away. Whereas with North Star, it's well, it's not right. But if you have to think about this and that changes and this changes, you know, if you get to that position, then then come back and have a chat with us. Um, kind of thing. So they've been, you know, they've been happy to to give advice even when they're not in position to to invest at that stage. Yeah, it's good. In like, you know, um, uh, Rick, who's our investment manager, is is being great, and I'm I'm sure he's he's sick of me phoning him, but it's great to be able to pick up the phone. You know, there's there's various people and across our board that I can do that with, but um, but specifically with North Star, you know, I ring Rick on a regular basis. Um, and he, he picks up or he, he always brings me back to, you know, it, you know, because it's that thing of being the CEO, it can be, a, it, can, it, it can be that lonely place. But sometimes you just need that, right, I need to speak to somebody else and just run this by them, whether you just come back to the same decision in the end or not. It's just having that other, that other voice. Just to remind everybody that's listening that uh, the, what what a close knit community, the Blue Sky community, is. Rick Charnley is also of North Star is also one of our podcast podcast guests uh, in the past. So Rick, Rick's well worth a listen. 
um, too. Billy, Billy you, 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 you sketch over the fact that um, generally when you're on stage, you've got another member of the team with you. We know that investment is a, an all-consuming uh, thing. So, you know, what, what's been happening with the business while the CEO has been out hunting cash? Yeah, so we're really, yeah, we're progressing a lot and lots of things have changed. So we are in the midst of developing our remote platform, which is going to be going live in the not too distant future. So this is where therapy can be delivered like this. So um, over video platform, um, you know, sharing screens so patient and therapist can be based anywhere in the world. So that that's that's really close. And we're working on a, um, a sort of metaverse platform at the moment as well, which has already been tested. Um, you know, where patient and therapist appear as avatars. Um, and there's lots of other things going on in the background as well. But can I give all my secrets away about what we're doing? But it's really exciting as to where we're taking the technology. Um, we've also been looking, we're looking at other treatments, so for PTSD and trauma and psychosis as well, which is really exciting. Um, two huge, huge market opportunities for us as well. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people out there who are suffering with anxiety who could do with support. Um, and we want to offer that alternative. Because, um, you know, I've said before, our treatment's so much quicker. So we're just, we're, but we're, with the likes of PTSD and trauma and psychosis, that's not something that you can just sidestep into. So we need to look into it, probably do some research on it before we then go to the market with that product. Um, but that's really exciting as well. Um, and the other exciting thing is we've taken some more office space. So teams teams growing. Um, we need a bit more space. We need to, we, you know, following this funding round, we're going to take on more people. So we want hot desk and space. We'll always have a flexible working culture, but we want that place and another place to demo all the technology that we're doing. So when we're bringing customers in, we can go, we've got that and we've got all of this stuff that's going on as well. Why not have a try? Yeah, that's good. So where, where's your new offices? What, what, what's so it's, it's just it's still in the same place. We just so in the Northern Design Centre on Gateshead. Yeah. Um, so we took one big space there for our original kit. Um, and then we've taken the office behind there. And then the guys opposite are moving out. So we've so we now got one full corridor that's just going to be XR Therapeutics. So from a patient point of view as well when you come in you're just in one area and that's all us from a therapist point of view you can come in deliver the treatment but you can hot desk from there as well so if you've got two or three patients in on one day you can work there the whole day and you're having to travel to different offices um but also base for us to get together on it from a team point of view on a more regular basis and work from there as well um and give the people the flexibility to do that yeah we're sort of going off the investment conversation now but a bit on to like how everyone's working again um because i'm talking to clients and 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 being asked this question i suppose that you know i mentioned covid before feels like it was a long time ago did it even exist i, I don't know but it's kind of <laughs> like you know we've we've we went into like everyone was working from home what what you what you've seen with your team is it is there a thirst there to come back into into seeing each other's, you know, um, kind of what's what, what's happening. Yeah, there there is there is um, 
because we obviously we started in the middle of COVID, so we didn't have any choice. It was just everybody worked from home and then everybody got used to doing that. But I think there is a bit of that. You can see people's um, body language improve and their spirits raised by getting together. Um, so so we've got funny one because obviously we've got we've got three people who don't work in region and four people who do. Um, and we had an away day just before the sort of summer holidays started and we had a we had great fun and we, we all got together and it was like, right, so we've, we, we're now making a conscious effort to get together as a whole team on a more regular basis, but also meet together during the week on a more regular basis so that we're, as many of us are together as possible. Um, and then when we're looking to grow the team, I'm trying, I'm try- my focus is always on trying to employ Northeast people. Um, so I'd like to do that more moving forward. It's always on the best person for the job to, to push the company forward, but I want some more Northeast people. Um, so we can sort of grow that team culture and use our office space more. Yeah, seven staff at the moment. And once the investment hits, what, yeah, I mean, what do you see the headcount being in, let's say, 12, 18 months' time? Um, I would say it'll be between 14 and 18, something like that. Yeah, so you're starting to get into kind of different structure, different roles, different responsibilities and accountabilities. How how are you going to kind of approach that? Or, 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 you know, will other people be picking up the work to, uh, to, to work out what that's all about? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, when you grow from from that size to that size. So what we've tried to do is, so we took on really good people um, who took on a lot of responsibility. Um, so we've got people working at what our class is a high level. Um, so one and another idea that we had, we focused on what would be the new job roles. So it was really good. I really enjoyed this one. So we, we got together. I was pure work rate, then we went out for food afterwards, but we focused on two things. Because, um, you know, when you're doing all the work, you forget, don't you, like all the things that are going on. So we started by just doing post-it notes of every bit of success we've had. And we just put it all on a flip chart. And everybody, you know, we ran out of post-it notes in the end. And then we said, right, now what do we want to do moving forward? And what's the plan? And they're right, what jobs do we need? So I asked the team about, because, of, you know, burnout, what would make their job easier? What, when we take on more customers, more projects, how on earth do we manage them and who do we need? And then you could see people going, ah, it would be great for me if I had a project manager. It'd be great if we had this. And we mapped all that out. So we've got that plan of bringing in, but also where they're going to sit. So as part of that, we did right. Well, that's going to sit under operations. That can, that's going to sit under clinical. That's going to sit under the tech team. So we know where they're all going to fit in. Um. It'll not be as smooth as that because you're bringing on new people, aren't you? And they've got to get up to speed. You try and get people to fit with your team, your culture, all of that kind of stuff. We've been quite rigorous so far in the recruitment process. Um, but as you get bigger, you kind of spend as much time on it, I suppose. We'll try to in the short term because um, the poor, poor people that join us, it's never just an interview. It's an interview. And then we go, right, well, you say you can do this. Let's show us that you can do it. Um, and then we take them on. Um, and we get everybody from the team to meet them as well. Um, but obviously, when we're about 100 staff, that won't be possible. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's 2025, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love I said that with confidence when we get to 100 staff. Just said it as if it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. That's that. That's that. That's that vision, though, isn't it? In front of you, and um, you know, and and making it happen. And uh, I think that's the thing when the team grows is is keeping the vision, keeping the purpose, keeping the passion and the values all all together. They're the sort of the foundation and the cornerstone that the growth will, will kind of scale off. And you know, you hear over and over again this this stage is it's so so important to get the right the right people in uh, to um to help those that have have been here from the start to 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 realize their ambitions but then to take the, the business forward as well so um yeah you do you're doing it right and uh i'm excited for you billy it's um yeah, yeah it's gonna be good got to make sure that um you got to make sure having you like that commission your existing team to embrace new people coming in yeah. as well it's like come on i know we were there at the start but that's not their fault yeah, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, didn't. Like that. Like yeah, you're 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 <laughs> Really define the culture and the values there, and 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 they're there to be role models to new people, um, coming in, and and absolutely they have to accept new people coming. I mean, they'll want new people to come in, like you say, to make their lives easier. Well, the the only way that's going to happen is if 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 the new people are fully fully integrated and you know fully supported, um, when they when they do that. So, um, uh, you know, we all we all have to let go of some stuff as as time goes on and. And things get bigger and, and that includes everybody in, in the team. Um, but like John says, exciting times um, for you. Um, so, um, Billy, your times have been absolutely wrapped up. I don't know if there's any kind of key points you want to make in terms of the investment journey at this point. No, I just I think it's like it's a, such an up and down journey. Um, and you've just got to, it's that resilient thing, isn't it? Which I know people, people keep banging on about, but you can become disheartened quite quickly, I think, with it. And I think the key for me, which helped, was speaking to other founders who had either gone through it recently or gone through it and it come out the other end. So you go, actually, this is normal. People aren't saying no because we are hopeless and we've got nothing to sell and this business won't work. It's it's normal that people say no, um, and it's just you just keep going. Some people just won't get it. Some people will get it, um, and you just got to not take it personally. But you don't get it. It's not for you. That's absolutely fine, and then you move on to the next one. Um, so that's the thing that I remember, and 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 the thing that I mentioned before, which is no matter how much you think it's going to be from a work point of view, it's probably five times more. It's a lot of work and a lot of effort. Yeah, and the key thing is you, you have traction now, you have success stories uh, and case studies already, and, and that's a great thing to, to build on. Um, so yeah, this is probably sucked out almost every minute of your day. You've got um, at home, you've got three kids uh, at an age where uh, there's probably an awful lot going on in their lives as well. How have you managed to keep that balance yourself? Yeah, it's really not easy, not easy at all. So this is, um, I had a good think about this. So, you know, I had a had a little break over the summer, and really thinking about what to do differently regarding that, because um, it's like it, it sort of never ends, and that thing of you know answering emails at all hours and responding to stuff, and when you cut off, and when you have that balance of time and, and that kind of thing, and 
I think what I in the last couple of years, what I'd forgot to do was some of the stuff that you enjoy doing that you've stopped doing. So to make to make your life better with the kids and to be more present. Um, so the only things I was doing was work or then doing stuff for the kids or with the kids. So I'd stop doing stuff like I'd do like go for a walk, playing football, you know, go for the odd game, tennis, catching up with friends, all of that kind of stuff had just stopped. So I've made a conscious effort since I come back to try and start doing those kind of things again. Because now I know that'll improve my well-being, which will mean I'll be more present for the kids. And it is a really hard balance because you think, oh, how on earth can I fit that in? But actually doing that, and obviously any form of exercise is good for you anyway and, and all that kind of thing. But in with me, one of colleagues was saying the other day is that I think I mentioned on the last podcast again is like, I mean, a conscious effort of going, open the front door and get out because you just sit in, don't you? And you're just like, right, I need to do this. I've got another call. I need to do this and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, just made a conscious effort to do more things to get me in a better state of mind, to be more present for the kids. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned earlier, you know, one, one key thing that you wanted to do is make sure that the team didn't burn out and that, that absolutely has to go for the CEO um, as well as the ultimate role model. Um, there as well because if, if if you get burnt out or your performance starts to suffer then then everything um suffers as well and you know i, I know that and john knows that um now and 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 it's about making making time for yourself and um, and you'll get battered by all sorts of stuff every day and every minute of the day and it, it's, it's sorting out the week from the chaff isn't it and like if it's not urgent it's not important then why do it yeah exactly it's that the, one of the things we did for the in our sort of team of idea that I mentioned is we've given everybody um, a set amount of hours for like time off and loo, and it's it's for their well-being. So we're giving them a set number of hours every year, and it's for them to do with what they want. Um, but what I've said to them is, if you feel comfortable, let us know what you're doing with that time. So you know, one of the team that said. Just to let you know, guys, I'm finishing the day three. Um, I'm, I'm going to the gym. I'm using a couple of hours of me, of me time off. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. And it was just, it's that kind of thing, you know, not feeling guilty about doing that thing, but also going, you know, I want to go and do that thing, but it's in the middle of, yeah, I'm going to use that loop time and go and do it because actually that'd be good for my well-being. Um, so again, I've got to practice what I preach with that kind of stuff and start using it. Yeah. We've uh, we've a very productive member of our team that spends most Friday afternoons in Newcastle Soup Kitchen peeling potatoes and and washing dishes, um, and uh, he absolutely loves doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's d- different for everybody, isn't it? Absolutely different. But I think just having that, knowing that that's there and that that people do that, and you you can just go and use it. Um, but you you just got to otherwise you, you like you say you just get burnt out, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so we're getting towards the end of this chat. I know you've got um, a busy day and a busy week and you need to be getting on uh, with some stuff. Um, again, as per last time, um, have you any kind of last words of wisdom for um, the audience? Last time round, we had, uh, you had two. 
which was uh, first of all to ignore the naysayers. So you know people will criticise as you're going on, and you, you need to kind of work out whose opinions you value and whose you don't. And and another one was yeah, absolutely stop to smell the roses. Um, so so let's all take that advice. Um, anyway, have you anything to add to that, Billy? Yeah, I think just so so this is going to be uh, often related stuff to sport, but this this hit home um, with us over the summer. So I don't know if you if he's watched the Ashes cricket over the summer, but but I did and you know, so. cricket yeah. fan and stuff. Um, so first couple of tests obviously didn't go well, and what really I didn't like was how every press member, written press or commentator, I thought, brilliant. We can now batter this approach by the England cricket team. It's wrong. They're doing it wrong. We knew it wouldn't work against Australia and really went for them. Now, isn't that funny, isn't it? Like somebody just waiting for you to trip up. Just waiting for you to trip up. And I think it happens in every walk of life. I've seen it where friends, even through body language, I've seen it in the work environment. I think there'll always be people waiting there for you to trip up to go, I told you so. Um, and, and again, I think it's just you. It, it's going to happen and somebody's going to do it and you'll say it and they might not even say the words. You'll just say it from across the across the meeting room with their body language. Um, you, and, and again, you've just got to try and ignore it. There's just people out there who are like that and will do it. Um so anyway, I was really pleased for the for the Ashes that they turned that around and and came back and you know. It was, I'm in a privileged position where I could watch quite a lot of it, and it was an absolutely riveting series. Um, you know, it was eventful. Test cricket can be a bit of a test uh, in in another sense of the word for for non cricket fans at times, but um, absolutely so so eventful. Every hour of every day of every game, so eventful. Yeah, well, you can imagine how resilient you've got to be there. So if you, you know, Ben Stokes and Ben McCollum are saying, you can't do this in the ashes. This is not on. We're losing. You can't do this approach. You can't do it. How resilient they've got to be. But can you imagine if they'd gone to the team and gone, right, we're not doing this anymore. Right, we're going to go back to old school. We want you in the first hour just to be on that crease. Don't take any chances. And we're going to hope that you don't lose your wicket. Right, go out and try that now. What? What? We're completely changing the whole approach of what we're doing. But you can imagine that that does happen, and, and, and you know, where people put doubt in the people's minds, and then that that does. Oh, actually, this is wrong, and we shouldn't be doing it this way. Um, so I thought it was great that they sort of stuck to their approach. They did adapt their style slightly, but they stuck to their approach, and they came out the other side of it. So you know, fair play to them. I sometimes see it in sport, and it, it should be right in business as well. So if you know plan A is right, but it's not working, you just need to do plan A better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but no, anyway, it was an absolute, like, it was an absolute joy to watch. Absolutely. Right, Billy, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. So thank you very much for your time, and we'll catch up with you pretty soon. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, thanks, thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Bye.